you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Welcome to We Are Survivors, a podcast about The Last of Us and The Last of Us Part 2. I am Jared, but you can call me Ja, and I am here with Bobby Schlissler, also known as Blazing Bob. Hey. So we are here, finally. The Last of Us Part 2 has arrived for the rest of us, <laughs> you know, that aren't games press. Uh, so that's awesome. And in this episode, we are going to talk about everything that happens in or around Jackson in the opening hours of The Last of Us Part Two. And it's intense. All right. So, Bob, why don't you tell us like, what was your what were your initial thoughts going into the game? Well, my initial thoughts were okay. So, I did get some spoilers but not like complete spoilers like they were like like very vague things and not really like direct spoilers but i knew a lot of people were angry and so my headspace going in was just like i was just i was just terrified like i just fear like that that was my headspace going in because just everybody I've seen so much about the game and clickbait titles, you know, about people mad and blah, 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 that I was just like, oh, God, what am I getting into? And so that was my headspace going in. Yeah, I mean, I avoided all of the spoilers. I had I had no idea what was going to happen in the game. The closest thing I got to a spoiler was reading the box. Which is the box was said that Ellie basically she goes hunting after a violent incident, right? Like she goes hunting for revenge after a violent incident. My first thought was that Joel was going to die. Like that was like that's the first thing I thought about because in terms of the, all the characters that you know, Joel will be the closest one. Um, and I was like, well, maybe there's somebody else that she gets close to, and they die. But as I and we'll get into a bit more when, when I, as when we talk about the actual game. But as I was playing the game, I'm I was getting closer and closer to confirmation about Joel. You know, I don't I was know. Closer and closer to that confirmation. How, ahead, how did you like? How did you think Joel was going to die? He was the protagonist of the last story. Like I thought it was the weirdest thing. I well, the the reason I was thinking about that is that one, it's Naughty Dog. They're going to try to create a jarring, shocking story. So it's possible. Anything, this, this game is kind of like, you know, uh, 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 Game of Thrones meets fucking uh, uh, um, the, the Walking Dead. Anybody can die. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Nobody's what, safe. Whatever you say, <laughs> don't call it the Schindler's List of video games because – my poor boy Jeff Jeff Kanata got so much shit on the internet for that. Somebody called it the Schindler's List of video yep, games. That's what he called it, and I'm sure he regretted it the second after he did it because he didn't. Oh, I my think what he was tr- like. He's a guy that I'm pretty fond of. I think what he was trying to say is you're going to cry a lot, and it's and it's a rough game. Like, you know, like a rough movie like Schindler's List was, but like 
he just didn't think about the Holocaust. And I, yeah, it was a big screw up. Oh, no, he did not think about what he was saying. He's trying to make an impactful statement yep. as opposed to thinking about the the what the impact was actually going to be. But I'm not going to talk about game. Actually, I'm going to talk a little bit about games journalism right now, because the thing that did piss me off is the day before release. You know, you had a bunch of uh, uh, gaming journalists, out, game journalism, well, hey, gaming outlets, right, releasing like articles talking about spoiler stuff now the week i think like monday or was it friday the previous week i think it was monday they released all of their reviews yeah like or super early reviews right and i was like i'm not like why would you do that like i'm not gonna read that at all like i don't want to be spoiled in any way shape or form i don't even want to take the risk of spoilers even if they said the review was spoiler free well sony sony like basically in the agreement made them keep out many parts of the story so right, yeah, yeah they yeah. they were giving their reactions to the story, but they weren't telling the story. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, no, I, I got you. I just didn't want to take the risk. You know, I don't want I didn't want any hints at all. And then on Thursday, I see a slew of articles. Okay, here's the problem with The Last of Us. This is these are the things that we couldn't talk about with The Last of Us. I'm like, yo, you couldn't wait until Monday. You couldn't wait until Monday. I mean, going back to like initial thoughts, like I said, I, I was pretty clear. The only thing I had a hunch was that that Joel was going to die. I just didn't know how. Uh, so, see, going your in, hunch I was pretty clear. Was like kind of like mine. I thought Joel was going to get hurt bad, maybe captured, got to go save him type of deal. Ah, I gotcha. Well, I mean, let's let's actually just hop into the game at, at, at this point. Um, let's start with uh, from the beginning. We'll start with the prologue and the game doesn't necessarily pick off where we left off, but the game starts with Joel talking to Tommy and basically he's doing the recap of the first game. Like he explained what happened like toward the end of the first game and but how it was, he, uh, go ahead. It was definitely just a couple weeks later though. It was soon. It was soonish. Definitely a few weeks later because uh, Joel was still he like he still I don't know looked like Joel like that you remember from the except better better facial animations you know he looked like Joel PS4 instead of Joel PS3 um, yep. even and better than Ellie, Joel PS4 but. Ellie still looked like cute little Ellie you know yeah she still looked young so uh, yeah it was only a few weeks after the fact Joel was telling Tommy what he did and what happened at the Firefly Lab uh, Tommy asked. If Ellie knows what ha- uh, knows what happened, uh, and Joel obviously told him, like, no, I told her a lie, which is that the, uh, you know, the immunity didn't work. It didn't mean anything. And then Tommy asked Joel if he believed, if she believed him, and, Tom- and Joel said she didn't say otherwise, but, you know, her face, like, and they showed that picture of her face again yep. at the very end, which I, is, yeah. I told you, I didn't think she believed him. Well, they're not going to confirm or deny that, I don't think. Well, to the point of the game I'm in, they haven't. Right. So, you know, what was happening, like, Tommy and Joel were out on patrol. They were clearing infection, clearing the infected around Jackson. So that's one thing you find out about Jackson pretty early, how they operate. Like, they have these patrols that go around and clear out the infected to keep them, keep it away from Jackson to make sure there's no hordes or anything that that kind of form up. And, uh, you know, this part of the game... 
I, I really it, it really introduces you like this is not the same as The Last of Us. This is The Last of Us Part Two. Things are going to be different. It looks different. It looks much better. Um, it's just really hard to explain. Like every inch of that world is like carefully crafted, and you can see it just from this part. You know, yeah. Although um, I do have my complaints about that, I'll talk about that a little bit later. Right. So basically, like you know. They w- they clearly want this game to be cinematic, right? And it's hard to make a truly cinematic game because you're not in control of the camera unless you put it into a cutscene. If you unless you force you know the player into a cutscene, you're not in control of the camera angles and things like that. But they don't force you into a cutscene here. They let you come out of the house. You hop on a horse. You're riding back to Jackson. You could put the camera in any direction, and it looks beautiful. You know. Uh, I re- it, it it looks full. I, that's I, I, it's kind of hard to explain, but the world looks full. <laughs> you know, I I kind of wish for those scenes they would have done something like the Red Dead Redemption Two cinematic mode. Like I always loved that right. when you're going through those scenes where you have to talk. I always hate having to try and keep up with them at the right pace where it feels correct. And I loved that cinematic mode, but this was good. Just wasn't as good as that. Right. Well, Red Dead, not to mention, like, you sometimes you'd have to travel for like five minutes, 10 minutes. Yeah, a long time. <laughs> you know, you gotta travel for a long time. Uh, so I think that's why they had to put that in. But this one, like, you're usually going pretty short distances. But, you know, when you're, you're heading back to Jackson, you gotta go through the trees and the lights like shining through the trees. Uh, and you're playing on a PS4. I'm playing on a PS4 Pro. So maybe like it just looks that much better for me. I bet you it <laughs> and, does look a lot better. Yeah. Uh, it still yeah. looked gorgeous to me, though. Yeah, and it's like you know the um the, the tall grass or the wheat fields that you got to ride through. You know, it just looks it looks so good. And like I said, the the thing about the Last of Us, the first one, it looked cold. Uh, it looked desolate. You know, um, it just looked dead. Everything looked dead. But the thing about the Last of Us Part Two is that while humanity is not thriving. The Earth is thriving. That's what it looks like, <laughs> you know. Yep. Uh, that's like the Mother Earth Nature is like, taking back over. Yeah, exactly. That that's what it looks like, and so it looks actually pretty cool. And the soundscape is really nice too. You know, it's it's amazing what, what the Earth looks like without humans fucking it up. Yep. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so yeah, but I really did appreciate that. So you get back to the city, and Tommy said something that. I may be reading too deep into it. You know, when you give him back the horse and you're getting ready to go on your way, he, you know, well, he tells Joel, you know, um, he would have done the same thing. And then he also tells Joel, I'll take it to my grave if I have to. Well, he doesn't say he would have done the same thing. He says, I can't say I wouldn't have done the same thing, which is what I told you. Remember when we talked about it? Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it, I, I agree. And we did talk about that in depth. Like, what would you do in that situation? Well, guess what? I'm not in that situation. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know so, it's, so I could guess it what I'd do, but it's just like when people say that they can see from, you know, from someone else's shoes or from someone else's eyes. It's, it's, yeah. it's, I mean, it's, you could try, you can get close maybe, but you can't because you don't have all their experiences that led up to that, dis- that decision. You just don't know until you're in the situation yourself. Right. So the thing that that gets me is that Tommy says, 
I'll take it to my grave if I have to. These words are written with a lot of purpose in games like this. You know, I think Tommy's going to die. I think Tommy's going to die. I think he's going to die, and that's how Ellie finds out. Dying I words. don't know. I don't know. It wouldn't be so. Like I said, nobody's safe. Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll have you know. to see. We'll have to see for sure. I don't want right. to jump so too that, far that, ahead, though. Yeah, that's just a prediction. I, I am not that far into the game. Uh, well, I'm, yeah, I haven't seen anything about Tommy dying. So I have no, not that's either not a yet. yet. I'm, yeah, I'm on his trail. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, um, Joel goes to Ellie's place and she appears to be living in like a garage converted into a living space. So he, yeah, he goes there to talk to her. Hey, what's up, Joel? Just checking in. Folks are. You know, talking about how impressed they are with you and how well you're helping out. It's good. Yeah. Tommy and I went out riding the other day and he, uh, <laughs> he told me a joke and I, I thought about you. It's, um, oh shoot, now I forgot it. Uh, something about a clock. How do you... Joel, it's, uh... It's pretty late, and I gotta get up in a few hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. I'm, I'm gonna get out of your hair. Just, um, I, w- I want to show you something. Just give me one second. What's this? Some folks call this thing here a guitar. Funny. She's yours. No. No, 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 no. I don't know the first thing I about this. I promised that I'd teach you how to play. You did. So what do you say, tomorrow night, first lesson? Deal. Do you remember the joke? Um, what is the downside to eating a clock? It's time-consuming. <laughs> That's so dumb. <laughs> Good night, kiddo. She's still a little kind of standoffish, you know what I mean? Like when he goes to talk to her. And then he's he's like, well, I told you I'd teach you a guitar. And she seems well, to kind of perk more, up. Right? Right. A little more it goes into that. Um, so, yeah, he does come to her place. She has like some headphones on. She's listening to a tape. Uh, and when they first start talking, she does seem standoffish. He's even a little... Like his his tone is very like somber with her, I would say uh, a bit. And then he was trying to tell her a joke that Tommy <laughs> told him, and yep. he was trying to remember it. But she interrupts him while he's trying to remember. It, says, "You know, I got to go to sleep soon. You know, it's it's pretty late." So she was trying to get him to leave. But that's when he talks about the guitar. Yeah. Well, he brings the guitar in. So that that was one of the things like, you know, while he's talking to Tommy in the first scene, he's like kind of like wiping off this guitar. Um, and I don't know, like at first I thought he found it maybe, but like when you get to, when you get to his house later on, you find out that he makes guitars. So maybe not, I don't know. Uh, but you know, he brings the guitar in, plays her a, a little song and then he gives her the guitar, you know, and he says, you know, I promise to teach you how to play. And that song, and, I think, was about her. Yeah, probably. You know, probably. And she keeps the guitar. 
So, you know, he leaves. Actually, before he leaves, he does remember the joke. And the joke was, what's the downside to eating a clock? It's time consuming. <laughs> and I thought that was interesting because it's a callback to Left Behind and the pun book. Like, she loves puns, you know, and oh, he knows yeah, that's a good puns. call. Yeah, he knows that Ellie loves puns. So that's because he, he said the joke made him think of her because it was a pun and he knows she loves puns. I would imagine he does. Yep. So, yeah, but that was the that was the first interaction we saw with Joel and Ellie. And it was strange, you know, like it just was it wasn't their normal. It wasn't what you would expect. Like It definitely wasn't the interaction that they were kind of having toward the end of The Last of Us, you know, where Joel's kind of happy and perky and well ellie was kind of distant you know at that point toward the end of the last of us but even before that like let's say as they were going into the university from the last of us like they were had they were conversing going back and forth you know when he was telling her about football and now it's just kind of like she just seems very meh yeah she's not as comical and as funny as she was before and like you know there's there's definitely a change in her demeanor Right. Uh, and I thought, like you said, this happens like pretty soon after they, you know, the, the events of the final game, like a few weeks, maybe. So I thought maybe that was the case there. But they do a time skip four years ahead. And it's kind of the same. Her demeanor feels like it's kind of the same to me. You know, yeah, she she's feels with jaded. People. She feels really jaded and just. Not the funny girl that she was before. Right. Well, that's the thing. It's kind of hard to say why that's the case because four years have passed, but they didn't give us any idea of what happened in those four years. That's the thing. We we don't know anything about the interactions between Joel and Ellie. We don't know, you know, what other things may have happened to Ellie in those four years. Like, do we just attribute this to her growing up, (laughs) you know, to her being like, you know, because, you know, she's now 18. You know, she's 18 now because she was 14 in the game before. Uh, But so, yeah, you start the next chapter, I guess you could say, because this is after the title screen where Ellie is woken up by Jesse and she is late for work. Hey, morning. Sorry, I totally overslept. Just give me a minute and I'll get dressed. I heard you had quite a night after I left. She kissed me. It was just Dina being Dina. She didn't mean anything by it. I was talking about your fight with Seth. Wait. You kissed Dina? Oh. I thought this was... We're broken up one week and you make a move on my girl? No. <sighs> she was probably just trying to make you jealous. I didn't... I would never... <sighs> Fuck, this is awkward. I'm messing with you, man. I don't care. Get dressed. <sighs> You're the worst. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fucked up you did that. <sighs> Yeah, so uh, she's late for work, which her work is patrolling. <laughs> you know that, like, you know, she's on that 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 program. They go out and they clear infected and stuff like that. But uh, apparently, there was a you know drama the night before. I mean, that's probably why she woke up late. So apparently, there was a party the night before. Uh, someone named Dina kissed Ellie, which caused somebody named Seth to say something bigoted. Now they don't. They never say what he said, but I mean, there's a slew of words you can think of. <laughs> yeah, know. yeah, it was uh, it was something about uh, gay people or lesbians or something, right? Exactly, and whatever he said that cho- that that uh that made Joel hit him. 
you know, some say some people say that Joel punched him. Ellie says it was just a shove. It was a shove. Know. Yeah, yeah. But Damn the, right, I think Joel. The funny, Smack it. <laughs> I think the funny thing was that uh, Dina is actually Jesse's ex. So it was funny because you know Jesse comes to the door, says something about the party, and then you know Ellie is like, "Oh, you know, it was it was nothing." Like Dina was just trying, probably trying to make you mad, and Jesse didn't even know about the kiss. He's yeah. like, "What?" <laughs> but he seems so, like he seems super cool and he's like you know what like if she's into you and not me like it's okay we're cool yeah yeah he didn't cause any there was no trouble at, uh with it at all so yeah but they uh they're going i guess they're going to work you know and before they go out it looks like maria wants to talk to ellie about i guess about what happened you know so uh ellie actually she actually asks, asks about joel and uh you know jesse tells him that they were sent out early to deal with the infected up north which is important that's going to come out later <laughs> and uh you know ellie wants to talk to, I, I imagine ellie wants to talk to joel because apparently she got mad at him for hitting seth or getting involved or something yeah you know i'm, I'm sure joel was still super protective of ellie yep. at this point definitely yeah. yeah but i mean it's like something I mean, I've even been in situations like that where I stand up for someone, but they wanted to do it themselves, and they're just like, you didn't even need right. to get involved. And I'm like, my bad, my bad, sorry. Right. So, you know, you're, you're walking through the town, and this I think this is really just to showcase what this town is like. Like, it's a much different scene than what we saw in Boston, for example. You know, because that was the last town we, I think we had a, the last time we had a walkthrough of a town without, like, shooting people up. You know, was just seeing what Boston was like, and now we're in Jackson, and I mean they're in they're enclosed by walls and everything, but they just seem to be like a, a normal small town, not even a small town because it felt like the streets were really packed, like it was like bustling. Yep. And they go into the diner, and it's the diner is packed, like everybody's in the diner just talking and conversing. It was know? weird and cool. Yeah, like and they're trying to they're just trying to show like what world they kind of live in now, which is obviously different from the world on the outside because we've seen the world on the outside, you know. Yep. Uh, so yeah, like they they're like rebuilding their society inside of Jackson, but you know you do get to the diner. That's where Maria is, and uh, you know she wants you and Seth to kind of talk out the problem, and Seth apologizes. But here's the thing about Seth's apology, right? He starts his apology. With an excuse. He says, I was drinking last night. And then he made some sandwiches for her and Dina. Yep. And that was his apology. Like, no, that's not that's not an apology. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm trying to say something. Like, no, you admit that you were wrong. Yep. That's an apology. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. Like, Maria's just trying to keep the peace, basically. Yeah. And it, I mean, it, like, everybody's started an apology like that before you know everybody who has ever drank too much has started an apology with i was really drunk i shouldn't have done that i'm so sorry but like he did he seemed like he was just doing it to pacify rather than you know actually sincerely say he was sorry and ellie didn't like she wasn't having any of it she was like whatever yeah she gave him what <laughs> she called him the bigot sandwiches yep <laughs> she gave, she like, gave him to jesse can, you can have the bigot sandwiches and jesse was like right, all yeah. right yep i'm not too proud 
They were steak, so apparently I, I would imagine steak is a, uh, a you know a rarity around there. So yeah, which is I was like, where's the cows? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but like you know, you you leave the diner, you're heading out. Maria asks you about you and Joel's relationship. Like he's like, she's like, you know, Joel really cares about you, and Ellie's like, we're fine. So you know, at this point, they've been together for you know four years, so they probably had their ups and downs and. It's just another another thing that they'd have to work out. Yeah, you know? I've been very similar to father and daughter relationship from age fourteen to eight to eighteen. I don't know any woman who will tell you her relationship with her father from fourteen to eighteen was easy. You know, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. So uh, Maria wants Jesse to actually go and trade places with Joel and Tommy, but you know now now that means Ellie needs you know, somebody to go with. So Jesse su- suggests that her and Dina go on this other trail that needs to get covered. So you finally get to meet Dina. Who's having a snowball fight with some kids. And Hey, Hey, um, I just want to say sorry for running off last night. Oh, that's, it's okay. I totally get it. I, <laughs> I just, I felt bad. Why? Cause I, started the whole thing and I just I shouldn't have kissed you in front of all of those people and no, you were drunk it's fine well still I just I don't want you to think no I'm not reading into it or anything just you know what I love about you how you let me finish my sentences alright well we should probably get going yeah yeah so Dina uh, she actually she's talking now she apologizes kissing her in front of everybody because she kind of feels like that's what caused the issue and ellie's like it's whatever it's it's not a big deal but then one of the kids hits her with a snowball and you know you start a snowball fight with the kids which is actually just a way to teach you a new mechanic which is the quick throw mechanic which i don't know they really i really like the improvements they've made to combat in this game you know like I think when we talk about when we, when we hop into the next section, we'll talk about it a bit more. Yeah. Uh, but the but the quick throw is definitely a cool mechanic, as opposed to having to aim. You just basically just pull the trigger, bam, and it hits the right target. Uh, so that was cool. But you know, you go out and you leave on patrol, and then the game actually switches over to a completely different group. I thought the switch over was going to be to Joel. Or or somebody like that, but it is not. It's actually switching over to another person, a new character uh, named Abby. You know, she wakes up and um, she sees a man by the window. Well, who she knows is not just a regular man. His name is Owen. Uh, and she goes to check out, see, you know, what's going on with him. So there's been a lot of talk about the way Abby looks. I do know that on the on the Internet. Uh, there are people who are don't like her appearance. Or upset by her appearance because Abby is jacked. <laughs> she she is jacked. Um, there's a reason for that. I do know that spoiler. Uh, oh, okay, but well, I'll let I, you. Like, I'll let you find it out. Yeah, I don't know that spoiler, but well, here's the deal, right? Out of all the things it could be, which I think I know what it is. Like I'm I had an sure you can guess I, it. Yeah. I had an idea of uh, of what it, of why she of you know why she was jacked, but here's the deal: I don't care how she looked. My question is, how is she maintaining that muscle mass? <laughs> that, that is my question because 
Where's the gym? Yeah, yeah, well, there's two things, right? And I wouldn't even have this question if I didn't go to the gym myself, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing. One, where's the gym? But let's say wherever they come from, they're able to uh, find a way to, to work with overloaded weight and stuff like that. And that's how they stay jacked. My big question, where are you getting the food? How are you getting that much the food to protein. maintain your muscle mass? Yeah, exactly. I because will say, though, order- just as a side note, until about age 28, I could eat anything, McDonald's and all kinds of stuff. And jaw, I was jacked. Like, I was jacked. Okay, no, no. Were you jacked in terms of low body fat so you saw your muscles a lot? Or were you jacked in terms of having a lot of muscle mass? There is a difference. She has muscle mass. I had like huge arms and like, but a smaller middle section. And yeah, I I had low body fat. You could see the muscles, but I never worked out and still had like huge arms, which it looks like that's what she has. Well, that's the thing. Like, that's what I'm talking about because she has muscle mass. So you can like you, you'll see people like if they have their shirt off, they look jacked because they have a low body fat, right? So all of their muscles are kind of showing. But if that person puts like a a shirt on or a dress on, they just look normal. The reason I know she has a like a lot of muscle mass is because she has like a thermal on, and it's not that tight because it it does have like you can see the loose parts of the thermal, and her triceps are developed, her biceps are developed, her traps and deltoids are developed, like. <laughs> She has fucking muscle mass. So my only, go ahead, go ahead. For me, the weird thing was like no shirts really fit correctly because like to get it to fit my torso, it never would fit my arms. So my arms would always be stretching out the the fabric on like any t-shirt that I wore, but it would be a a lot looser in the middle. If you're talking about like shirts. Any T-shirt I wear now hugs my arms. Yeah, it hugs you're my arms jacked then, though. Like you're, that's what I'm saying. You are jacked all <laughs> over though. You know. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like for her, that my only question is where you. That you it's a it's a silly thing, right? But Maybe. that's what was throwing me out of the game. It was like, where are you getting the food from? It's it's a post apocalyptic. There should be nobody who looks like that, man Maybe. or woman. Maybe this. Uh, Maybe this group is. Uh, Eating humans. There's a lot of there's a lot of protein there. I mean, we don't know. But you still have we're still talking about eating two thousand plus calories worth of human every <laughs> day. And there would be <laughs> rations and and all that. So it's uh, my 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 question is purely from a gym rat perspective. That is all. <laughs> you know, that's the only thing. But if I didn't go to the gym, I wouldn't even I probably it probably wouldn't even have like bothered me, right? Like, but that that was like that was the first thing that popped into my head. I'm like, where the fuck are you getting all this food? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, you meet Abby, you meet Owen, and Owen apparently had been outside because he still had snow in his coat. Abby notices and is like, you know, where you been? He's like, I need to show you something. So you start moving through the woods, which is basically them teaching you the mechanics of the game. So, you know, there's new stuff like squeezing through tight spaces or sprint jumping where you sprint and have to jump to another area, which um, actually I'll, I'll, I'll dive into the traversal a little bit later. Cause I really appreciate the way they handle that in this game. Um, but, you know, on the way there, they're, they're kind of talking about the group and, this is how you kind of learn about the group a little bit. You know, you, apparently they came from the north and they drove down south. And it sounds like Abby and Owen used to date. 
That's what it sounds it like. Sounds, yes, or they're currently dating, or maybe they're well, like ma- on the v- v- verge of dating or something. They, well, the thing is, like, they're not because he. So Owen later tells Abby that he got one another person in their group pregnant, right? Mel, he got pregnant, but it sounds like they used to date because, um, you know what what is what happened? Like, oh, so they're talking and. I forget what Owen says, and Abby says, well, you breaking up with Mel or something like that? And he's like, no, you wish. And she's like, no, thanks. I've had my fill. Maybe you they know? had so like a one-night what... stand or something. Maybe. Maybe. But there's definitely something there. Uh, so he shows her Jackson. Like he, The thing he wanted to show her is Jackson from a distance. Like, look, there's a city there. Is it? We made it. Holy shit. City. Yeah. Have you told anyone else? Wanted you to see it first. I saw an armed patrol go from town to an outpost over there. A few more outposts in between. They have electricity, guns. A lot of people. We can figure it out. Okay. Assuming he's in there, how do we get to him? We can corner one of the patrols and get confirmation, and then, I don't know, maybe find a way to lure him out. Yeah, okay. I'm sure they'll be happy to offer that information up. <laughs> well, then we make them. Do you hear yourself? Okay, what do you want to do? What is going on with you? Mel's pregnant. Oh. Okay. It's not just that, though. Should I say congrats? Everyone else sees this, they're gonna to want to turn back. We can convince them, right? I fucking knew I couldn't count on you. Happy. I want what you want. But not at any cost. Hey. Don't! See you back at the lodge. It's really hard to determine what they want, uh, but Owen's pointing out that they have guns, they have electricity, there's a lot of people, and that they have patrols. He pointed all that out, and Abby's like, well, we'll, we'll figure it out. And so apparently they're looking for somebody, a man, and they're looking for a way to lure him out, this, lure him out of the city. So Abby wants to get information out of one patrol. She wants to go after one of the patrols and get info, and Owen's like, well, they're just not going to talk, right? <laughs> you know? why you know what what do you think you're gonna get out of them she's like well, we can make them and he's like do you hear yourself right now you know so it sounds like they're not just like a murderous group right like you know by any any means necessary type of group that's what it feels like yeah but you know 
initially. Oh, initially. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, Owen is like, look, when the others see this, they are not going to want to continue. They're going to want to go back to wherever they came from. And then he also tells uh, Abby that Mel is pregnant. This is the part where he said, and Abby is upset. And she's like, what well, am I supposed to say? Congratulations. You know? So Abby is upset about that. And Owen is kind of just like, look, I, I want the same thing you do, which they don't necessarily say what it is, but he says not at any cost. So, um, Abby's still upset. She apparently, whatever the goal is, she wants to do it now. And she goes off by herself. And this is where you get to see more of the, this is where you actually come across your first infected in the game. Uh, so a couple things about that. One, like I said, I really enjoy the new combat mechanics because, and it's simple stuff in my opinion that they added, right? Like the Um, dodge, the dodge. So instead of just, you know, crushing square you know while you're fighting an infected by hand or even a human by hand there's a dodge mechanic where if they go to hit you you dodge and you can you know you basically dip them and then you can hit them it opens them up for damage uh another thing i found the only problem with mm -hmm. the dodge though that i've run into is it feels like if you don't dodge once all of a sudden, you can't really do anything until you get a successful dodge off. That part is a little janky for me. Right. Well, it makes sense because if you didn't dodge and you get hit, you're kind of stunned, right? You're, you know, that's it, why you need it to does. dodge. It just doesn't feel great uh, when it's happening. If you get, if you just lead with dodge every time, it feels pretty good. Right. Well, that's the thing. I, uh, that uh, after the first or second engagement anytime somebody comes I'll just wait for the first dodge and then I hit him after the fact but there's also if you run and hit somebody you can probably hit him you can probably knock him out in one hit did you see did you try that yeah you could throw a brick or a bottle at him stun him and then run at him too well I'm not I'm not even talking about that yeah I'm just talking about just straight up like because an infected kind of hop down and I just I was already running I didn't stop running and I got to him and just decked him like yep, <laughs> hey, I got to him yeah exactly so uh that is also pretty cool you get to try the new listen mode which it's actually pretty nerfed but there's a reason for that and i think we're going to get into that later like basically instead of seeing full shapes you only see blobs it is not nearly as detailed as it was before and you also get to appreciate like they really improved the facial animations like if you you know because you still have to sneak behind infected and you still have to knock them out or stealth kill them, but if you turn the camera around, like while that's going on, and look at their faces, they actually look like they're struggling. You know, now yeah. I'm not just talking about the infected; I'm talking about the person who's doing the killing. Yeah, same you know? in conversations too, like with the eyes opening up wider or or squintier. Like it's definitely it's definitely improved. Oh yeah, well, we've come a long way in terms of facial animations, like a long way. Um, I mean, have you played Hellblade? Uh, as a sacrifice yeah yeah that's actually a really good one that that has some great facial animations uh but yeah you know once you clear all that out you find horse tracks but you all you also notice it's i think it's important to notice the weather because it's darker and uh it's starting to snow heavier because the next scene when you go back to ellie and dina it's bright 
you know it's it's kind of bright yep. so uh and the snow's not that heavy so obviously it's a different time period i, w- I almost want to say a different location but they're all close to the same location like the weather's not that different going a few miles away you know yeah so, it's like they've been staking out right so ellie and dina are on patrol and they're essentially talking about their p- previous relationships dina talks about jesse and how they were on autopilot and it wasn't going to work, even though she loves her, his parents. And they talked about uh, somebody that Elle used to date called Cat, and that Dina didn't really like her. But I think the important mar- uh, the important thing they talked about is that Cat did Ellie's tattoo. So one thing I noticed when you first saw Ellie, you know, in the beginning of the game, her bite mark is covered; it's wrapped up. And I'm assuming that's so that people don't real like people don't freak out that she's been bitten and think that she's going to turn. Yep. Uh, but it is it is wrapped up. And now she actually has a tattoo over it. It's not wrapped up anymore. It's just a tattoo. And she so, passes it off as a chemical burn. Yes, she talks about that a little later. She passes it off as a chemical burn. Uh, they make it to the radio tower, which you know, this whole part, right? This whole most of this section is just trying to build up this relationship between Ellie and Dina, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the one complaint I do have about the game in terms of the storytelling, right? They throw you into the mix and expect you to care about things that as a player coming into this game for the first hour, you just don't care about, you know? Um, yeah, but they you don't they give you enough information to start to care about it, though, I think. They give you information. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not saying that. But this this relationship between Ellie and Dina has been growing for quite some time. And I think to get the full effect of it, you really have to like read her journal entries. Because that is one thing that she, like, uh, I forgot to mention earlier that, when, you know, when you're leaving with Jesse, she picks up her journal. The journal is important because the journal, like, you'll find things out in the world and, Jelly, and Ellie will write something down about it so you can get more insight onto it. But also when you're switching chapters, if there's a, if there's a period where you're not with Ellie, if you check the journal, she might have things written in there about, yeah. like, what's happened. So and you don't get that, to see what she writes until you look at the the journal too. Right. They don't they don't they don't direct you to it. So, you know, that that stuff is uh important. But yeah, this relationship between Ellie and Dina is really just like for as for you as a player is coming coming out of thin air, but there's definitely history here. And what they're trying to do is trying to condense that history to be like, you know, believe in this relationship. <laughs> essentially. Right. Yeah. That's that's what they're doing. Uh, and it's just a little hard as a player to do that somewhat because the first time they kissed was obviously, you know, the previous night, but there was a bunch of build up to that, you know, uh, apparently like beforehand, there was like something by a campfire. Ellie wanted to kiss her, but she didn't. Dina was already feeling her. They've been having back and forths for a while, you know, and this whole like this whole section, them going to these different checkpoints and talking, they're having a lot of conversation. Um, that is just trying to build up the relationship between the two people. Like, so for example, after you leave the radio tower and you're on your way to the next checkpoint, there's a place where you can stop and scavenge. And if you, you, it's optional, you don't have to do it, but if you do that and you stop and scavenge, it triggers another conversation, a dialogue piece where they start talking about like what they're looking to do later that night. So Dina's, you know, Dina, I forget what she said. She had to go do something with somebody. And Ellie's like, I'm going to see if I, I mean, uh, old Joel wants to watch a movie with me. And they talk about the movie. 
uh, for a little bit. And then they're like, then they try to make plans together after the fact. They're trying to hook up after, you know. And you also find out that Ellie is writing original songs, you know. So Dina wants to hear them, you know. After that, though, that's when you really that you get into a bit of an action part with infected, you know. I, I kind of want to call them an action part. There's just stuff to do because the infected parts aren't really action parts unless you fuck up. <laughs> you know, you kind of have to, if you're just careful and stealthy, you'll be fine. You do run into clickers for the first time, though. And the thing that I wanted to bring out about clickers in, the, in this game, they are more sensitive to sound than the previous game right yeah. now in the other game it was an on or off thing if you made a noise they turned around they found you if you didn't make a noise you can get behind them and kill them now if you don't walk slowly enough that you'll they'll react to it like they'll kind of like perk up for a second and it might change their course like where they're moving they won't immediately attack you so i do appreciate that where you know, sometimes in the other games, it's just like, how did the clicker find me? Like, I don't understand how the clicker knew exactly where I was. I didn't make any noise. But in this one, they really do kind of lean into that sound element. And I was hoping they'd have more elements like they did with uh, the the fight in, at the uh, the buffet or whatever at David's place where there was like glass on the floor. Where if you step on the glass, uh, you know, you make noise and it may and then, attract yeah. infected. I was hoping they'd do that, but they did not. Yeah, so you only had to be scared of like bottles and stuff, right? So, um, yeah, actually, one thing did other thing did happen. Uh, Ellie gets attacked by infected, and Dina saves her. And Dina says, "Yeah, I don't want to have to shoot your face off because you turn." So obviously, Dina does not know that Ellie is infected. Yep, she which is definitely a, doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> it is a uh, it's a that's a pretty big secret to ha- to, to happen. Or to um, to deliver when it finally does happen. So I'm looking forward to that part. So you know, after you um, after you finish that part in the supermarket, the storm is finally getting worse. So you're kind of coming, I feel like, to the time period of where Abby was, and uh, you know, you're trying to find cover. I think they did a game load in a very unique way because so while you're riding to try to find cover. You and Dina get separated. And Ellie's calling for Dina, and Dina doesn't respond. So as Ellie, you're kind of riding around lost for a few seconds. I think they were unloading the previous area and loading the new one. I think that's how they did it. <laughs> Which I'm like, that is a very crafty way to do that. Maybe. Because Dina just kind of pops up. Yeah. I got lost there, and I was like, I got lost a lot in this early part. Um, and I don't usually get lost in 3D games. Like I usually yeah. know exactly where I've been, know exactly where I'm going. And I got lost and felt like I should be able to walk through here. Why can't I walk through here? Like I was a little annoyed by that part. But now that you say that, that makes complete sense if that's what they were doing. There just wasn't a path out. I think that's why I think that's why because I got lost too. You know, I'm like, huh, this is odd. And then eventually she just kind of says, hey, I'm over here. So I think they were unloading the game, unloading the old assets and, un- and loading up the new ones. Smart. To be honest with you. It annoyed yeah. me, though. But you- <laughs> yeah, but you do find cover in a library. But there's more to the library than that. You actually find out that one of their, somebody they know, 
used to come there. He had kind of like the, the, a, a, little, a little base there, this guy named Eugene. And they mentioned Eugene earlier, actually at the radio station or radio tower. They mentioned Eugene and he apparently died at 73. So he didn't die from like, an, you know, being infected or an infected attack. They apparently he had like a stroke, but he was really into electronics and he showed Dina how to work electronics. And I wonder, like, not how to work them, I should say, but how to build and repair and things like that. So I wonder if that's going to come into play later, like a skill you're going to need and Dina is going to be the one to help you with it. She's made comments in the part that I've had. She's made comments about making stuff. I haven't seen anything yet though. Yeah. So Eugene, he, you find out that he was a firefly and that he worked with Tommy. And if you look in Ellie's journal, she's kind of worried that Eugene might have told something, said something to the other fireflies, you know, uh, but it's only in her journal right now. Nothing has come from that. But uh, Dina and Ellie, they talk about Tommy's past because, you know, Eugene told Dina about things that he did. Like, apparently he blew up like a QZ outpost and it killed some soldiers, but it also killed two civilians. And also him and Tommy slow tortured some Fedra like commander or something like that. But Dina didn't believe that Tommy would do that. He doesn't seem like the type of person. Ellie's like, you know, they could do worse. It's like, what do you mean? She's like, you know, Tommy and Joel, they did a lot of bad things to survive the outbreak, essentially. You know, uh, which is something we talked about before and something yep. they brought up in the in the other game. Like, you know, Tommy hated being with Joel and it's probably because of some of the stuff that he had to do. Um, but Eugene, you know, you also found out that he left his wife and child to join the Fireflies. You find a letter from his wife uh, asking him to come back, but apparently he did not. Or maybe he did and his wife died or whatever, but they don't really get into it. But you do find a workshop for your weapons, which I think the options they have for your weapon upgrades are way, they're more simplistic now. There's just not as many, you yeah. know, uh, same thing with the, with the personal upgrades. And there's actually multiple trees you can go down for your personal upgrades, but now it's like one at a time. You, you have to go down in a specific order and you have to find to even open up trees. You have to find magazines and the manuals yeah like yeah, we'll so talk the field about manuals, it later but there's the easy ways to miss a lot of shit here oh god yeah like yeah we're, we probably won't even get into this episode probably the next episode yeah but definitely there's um yeah if you find field manuals in the first game they used to just give you an upgrade period now they give you trees for upgrades so that's pretty cool uh but once you you, know, you actually find another facility below the library that Eugene had kept secret. And my man was just growing like a ton of weed, you know, (laughs) which was funny because Dina earlier said, yeah, he always had weed on him. Well, now you know why? Like he has like, you know, yeah, he's got his own facility. He's growing weed. They also found his porn down there. So (laughs) yeah, it was, it was funny. Actually, I think it was funny. One of the names was funny. It was called smash Brandy's cooch. Do you know what that's a reference to? Uh uh-uh, uh, no. Crash Bandicoot. Uh, I don't, yeah, I never. I played Crash Bandicoot like two times. Naughty Dog made Crash Bandicoot. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So that's 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 the reference, uh, which I thought it was funny. But like I said, this whole section was pretty much about building the relationship between Ellie and Dina, and. You know, they find some, they find some joints, they start smoking and they start talking about the kiss. And, uh, she's like, well, Dean's like, I think she said like, what would you rate the kiss? And 
Ellie didn't say anything. And Dean's like, I give it a six. And Ellie took a little bit of offense to that. Uh, but yeah, man, like, you know, they just talk a little bit and then they start making out. And that's how that scene kind of ends, you know? Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I really wish they would have given us a preview or some type of insight into the last four years, because then we could have met some of these people. We could have gotten some information about the relationships. This just really feels rushed. Like they're trying to rush this ahead so we can get along with the story. I think so. But, and maybe I'm not thinking about it. I'm thinking about it from where I'm at in the story right now, but I definitely believe it. Like it's definitely real for me in the story. So oh, don't get me wrong. it could be just because I've played through and I just, I mean, I, I, I'm not super far, but I believe it implicitly right now. I'm not saying they did a bad job. I'm just saying like, as somebody who's interested in the story, I just, I wanted a bit more like about what's been happening. You know, yeah. as you go from almost, you go from almost the end of the last of us to four years later. And now they're out on patrol. She has a girlfriend. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's what you, they kind of just throw you into that. And I mean, this isn't, this game isn't a walking simulator, you know, so they don't have all the time in the world to relay this story. Um, I'm they, not a writer, so I can only talk about what I want now, how to get it. <laughs> they could have done a, uh, they could have done a cutscene montage for that four year period where different like things are happening and you don't know exactly what it is, but you're seeing little clips of scenes. Right. Yeah. They could have actually started the game the night before they could have started the night before. So you can see what actually happened. And I think that would have helped, you know, but you know, after that scene, you actually, you're back at Abby and this is, I want to talk about this and how the game was designed for a minute because I am pretty impressed with how they direct the player right so you you know abby comes across infected you normally you think it's like standard shit right and i'm looking at the infected okay where are they let me start to clear the area but before you can even do that some uh, not a a couple more come right and then you can get past them and a couple more come and then eventually so like you know somebody is going to see you because you just run out of space to hide and as soon as you start running i'm like okay i'm just gonna run over here and you know, maybe hide or something like that. No, every place you go, infected are pouring out of it. And this is this is the game. This is you. You have to run away from the infected. Yeah, like you, you, I think you get that pretty quickly. You realize? I realized. I think I was two deaths. I was like, I'm just going to try and run. Maybe you just have to run. Oh yeah, I never died because like I'll go one place as you know infected coming out of it. I go another place infected, and then when the music start, I'm like, okay. You just got to go. But there's no indicators of where to go. There's no clear path of where to go either. What they do is they put danger in your way or danger on the side. It's like they herd you into the right place. Like kind of like if you if you ever see like a dog herd sheep, that's yep. what they did to you as a player. Yep. That's what basically what they do. And because there's more of those part- too. Yeah, this game, you know how a lot of games have like the yellow marker on places where you're supposed to jump up or climb up or something like that. This game does not have that. And so there are parts of this run where you're running away from the horde where you like you they have to intuitively give you a way to know where to go. Right. So there's a part where I'm running into a like I guess like a parking lot for trucks. 
a horde, uh, not, like not a horde, but an infected hops in my way. So I hit like a right because it's the only place kind of to go. And then I am going to run past the truck. I see another infected jump down. So I jump on top of the truck. And then when you get to the top of the truck, you see the straight path. There's nowhere to go. But if you look to the left, if you do a sprint jump, you might be able to hop over the fence. But there's no indicator telling you to do that. And that's what I do. And that's apparently the way you're actually supposed to go. So as I'm running, I don't know if I'm actually going the right way. But I am. <laughs> like, you know, and that's, I just thought it was really impressive the way that the game is actually pushing the player in the right direction without directly telling you go this way, yeah, you know, or go that way. Yeah, they did a uh, good so, job with that because once I realized I had to run, I made it through at one in in one time. Yeah, and you you see, I think you see more of that throughout the game. It may not be as pressing as this, where the horde is actually chasing you. But like I so said, we'll we'll get into that a little later. Oh, they basically trap you with the action. You get more. Yeah. <laughs> I just so, I just finished one. Ah, okay. So, um, you know, Abby actually ends up getting caught by an infected, but as you're wrestling them off, you get saved by Joel. Joel, you're in the same, Abby is in the same place that Joel and Tommy are. And, uh, they're trying to fight off the horde kind of together to, to survive. And I'm going to say this whole next section, I think I'm going to save my thoughts until after the whole thing is done. Because that's when it all, I feel like, is going to make sense. But they're trying to fight off the horde. Um, then you come to one part where there's like a, it's not a gondola. What do you call those? Oh, it's a lift, a ski lift, I guess. But um, Tommy is trying to move one of those so you can escape. Like, he's going to move one and put it close to the window so you can get to the window and escape. And you have to fight off infected while you're doing it. So you're actually fighting kind of like side by side with Joel and also protecting Tommy at the same time. Well, and um, Joel and Tommy saved Abby. Like basically, like yeah. Abby was like done. she was going to die. Yeah, she was done. Yeah, um, and you make it into another place where there's no infected, but they're trying to break down the door. And Joel's like, "Yo, we can't stay here. We gotta go." Tommy is trying to figure out what to do, and I think the important thing here to note is that. Tommy is trying, he's like, hey, I'm Tommy. What's your name? And she's like, I'm Abby. And then he's like, okay, well, this is my brother, Joel. Like, I guess she, he's trying to get her to calm down and, you know, get friendly so that they can work together. Yep. But you have to look at Abby's face when she when he says, this is Joel. And the way she looks at Joel at that point. It goes a lot to the facial animation and how they did the mocap in this game. Um, but what, what happens is Abby suggests, because they're trying to figure out where to go, because they don't want to lead the horde, I guess, back to the uh the the the, uh the jackson so abby suggests hey i have a group that's not far from here we have a house and we have the perimeter secured so they decide to go there uh they ride out with the horde still chasing them so you actually end up going back to um ellie at this point and (laughs) Jesse finds Ellie and Dana downstairs in their underwear. And actually, before you do that, I, th- I think I'm jumping the gun a little bit because they're still they're kind of talking and they're talking about the scars that they have. So Ellie actually talks about her scar and she tells Dina the truth that it's a bite mark that she covered. What you know, she turned into a chemical burn, right? She covered it and um, she tried to like burn it off to make it seem like a chem- chemical burn. Uh, this is also the scar that she has covered with the tattoo, and Dina doesn't believe her that it's a it's a bite mark yep 
I kind of forgot about that. Yeah. So she tries to tell her. Dina doesn't believe her. Um, Jesse finds them and he's like, he's actually kind of pissed off that they're down there just like kind of chilling out high. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, he, he was like, like you know, you what share? we do is yeah, he's like, he's like, what we do is important. People are depending on you and stuff like that. And then Dina says, well, why aren't you at the lookout? And he's like, because Joel never showed up. And that got Ellie's attention. She's like, what do you mean? And so basically she suggests that they split up and find them. And that's when you actually go back to Joel and Tommy and Abby and they make it to the house. They end up for such a large horde. I don't know. Maybe the rest of the horde got tired of running. It's like, ah, this meal's not worth it. <laughs> you know, uh, but they end up being able to get through the gate. And when they close the gate, they were able to burn up the horde on the other side. So they get inside. Everybody seems like friendly at first. You know, actually, everybody just seems friendly. Like, hey, you need anything or, you know, you want to take those saddles off? They're like, no, we're fine. And they all go into a common area. In the meantime, Owen is tra- talking to Abby. Like, what happened? Where you go? Uh, who are these guys? And she doesn't say anything. And so they get inside and they're just like talking. And even Tommy even suggests like, hey, before you guys head out, you should come to the town. You can resupply and then, be, you know, before you go. And they're like, thanks, we'll do that. And then one of them introduces herself. She's like, hey, I'm Mel. And he's like, I'm Tommy. And Tommy's like, this is my brother. And then Joel says, you know, I'm Joel. And when that happens, the tone changes. Like, you have to look at the reaction of the people behind Joel. Like, they just kind of stand, they just kind of sit up like, is this, is this guy serious? And Joel says, I forget exactly what he says, but I think he you says. Look like you all so, know us. No, like, 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 like you've heard of us. Like, that's what it sounds like. Uh, uh, you know, that, well, that's what he said. And um, then he says, that's be- that Abby says, that's because they have. And she shoots him in the leg with a shotgun. They grab Tommy. They pistol whip him. Like, mo- they hit him multiple times with a gun, knock him out. And, yeah, like, Joel is the guy that they were looking for. And but she and, blows uh, his leg like straight off, dude. It's gruesome. Yeah, like it is it is gruesome. So they're holding Joel down and Joel's like, "Who are you?" and she says, "Guess." And he doesn't say anything. And uh he says, "You know, he whatever, says, do whatever speech." He says, yeah. "Whatever speech you have rehearsed, say it and get it over with." And she said and she, you know, tells him to turn and kick the leg. And she says, you know, you think you're going to get out of this easy? No. And then she starts to beat him with a golf club. Apparently, she wants him to suffer. Right? Yeah. Um, she looks evil I mean, as hell at that point, too. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's like blind luck that they found each other like that. I didn't necessarily like that part. I'm like, really? Like, that's who they're going to run into? It's not like, you know. Well, Ed, was, I, don't was, know, I don't know what beef she has with him, but he just saved her fucking life. Like... Fuck right. you. Like, I, was, I was so pissed at that point. I was like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. Like, whatever beef they have, it must be pretty serious because that's who they were looking for. They don't say why they were looking for Joel, that he was just the guy that they were looking for. They traveled to find him. I assume, so, like, the hundreds of people you killed in the first game, it's someone, like, connected to <laughs> that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I would imagine. Like, like I just, it's the I just same don't know way. So far. You know, it's going to happen to Nathan Drake someday, right? Maybe. maybe. After the thousands of people you've killed. (laughs) Yeah, one of those henchmen has a family, man. 
So, yeah, uh, you go back to Ellie. Ellie finds the house and she gets in. And as, uh, you know, she gets into the house, you can hear Joel getting beat. Right. She doesn't know what it is yet, but she 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 pretty much assumes that's Joel. You go into the room and she finds Abby hitting Joel and then she gets jumped by the others. So she slashes one of them in the face uh, as they hold her down. Oh, wait, actually. He grabbed her first. She slashes him in the face. Two more come. They grab her, hold her down, and then he starts to, like, kick her. But they actually pull him off of her, you know? And they're like, what the fuck? Why wasn't, why wasn't anybody looking outside? <laughs> and I think someone might have said, well, we didn't ex- expect anybody to show up. And the thing I said in my head was, why wouldn't you expect somebody to show up? And then somebody said it on screen. <laughs> they were like, why would you expect somebody to show up? So... At that point, Joel is a mess, man. He's like really, really messed up. Still alive, but really messed up. And Owen's like, yo, we need to go before the entire town comes on us. And Abby's like, you know what I want. And he says, end it. And Ellie tells Joel to get up. He doesn't respond. And then she begs for his life. And then Abby just hits him one more time in the head. And you don't see him get hit in the head, but you see the brain matter and blood pop up. From like what would be Joel's perspective looking at Ellie. Well, you see the golf club. It's on the golf club too. Yeah. So yeah, like Joel is dead and Ellie freaks out and actually it mutes the volume of everybody talking around her. And you could just kind of hear her breathing a bit. But like so one of the guys goes to kill her, but Owen stops him. Then another guy comes to kill her and Owen stops him. For some reason. They, he, like, they're not going to kill her. You know, they didn't kill Tommy either. They only killed Joel. Which, you know, a little bit of a preview to the next episode. Uh, by the way, if you're listening to this, I fully expect that you've played the game and have played these parts. <laughs> but, you know, a little later into the game, they, uh, you know, Dina asked that question. Why did they let her live? And I think we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Well, definitely in the next episode because we're coming toward the end of this one. but. Yeah, like, they let her live. They do knock her out. And the next thing you know, that group is gone. Ellie is found by Dina and Jesse. But Joel is dead. Fuck you, Neil Druckmann. (laughs) You asshole. But all I thought when that happened is, I am going to kill you, Abby. And I hope to God I get to kill that bitch. Oh no! I'm, I I was like, I'm going to kill everybody that's in this room. Everybody in this room is going to die. I hope. You know what? I even hope they give me the option to let them live or let them die. I'm killing them all. <laughs> oh yeah! I was just like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Like, I, it just oh, that made it even worse that these Tommy and Joel saved her, yeah. and whatever beef she has. I, I, okay, Neil Druckmann, I, hopefully he can like, make me understand what's going on here. But like either way, even if I do understand why Abby wanted to kill Joel, I still want her dead. Like I want her oh, dead, absolutely. and I want her to suffer. I don't care what reason she had. I don't care. Like I said before, at the end of the last season, there are no good guys. There are no bad guys. There are no hero, heroes or villains. Yep. 
I don't care it's what just reason she had people. for killing Joel. Yeah, it's just your exactly. people at this point. She killed my guy. <laughs> You're going to die now. <laughs> that, that is she, it. And she killed your guy before he had the opportunity to do what Kratos did and redeem himself. Yeah. <laughs> right. And actually, yeah, that that's that's one of the things that hurts more for me because I was hoping there and when I say redeemed himself, I mean for me. Like there's a lot of like people that, you know, they understand the situation. No, I mean I understand the situation as well. But from a character perspective, like I was hoping that he'd do something that would redeem himself in my eyes. Um, yeah, like I would have much rather if Joel's gonna die, I want him to die. You know, doing something selfless and saving, you know, like saving Ellie from something or something like that, you know, not just being held down and beaten. Uh, it, it just, I was so, I was so mad. I played for like just a little bit longer. I was like, I just, I got to stop. I got to stop for tonight. The thing that bothers me about this as well is that the things that led to Joel's death. We're out of character. One, he helped Abby. <laughs> you know, what? That's the first thing. Like, he saved her life. Like we discussed before, Joel is a selfish individual. He protects himself. He protects his feelings, you know? Yeah. And from what we know of Joel, he would not risk his neck to save somebody else. Yep. Let and alone know, take him with him. What we know of Joel four years ago, though. You know, you have to you have Four to put years that ago. into perspective. Yes, but that's the thing. That's all we know as a player about Joel. As a player, that's what we know about him. That and the thing is, here's the deal. Sure, four years have passed, but the four years that have passed do not erase the the previous twenty. He still has the knowledge of the previous twenty. He still is very aware of how dangerous this world is, and especially you know. the other humans still in, in this world. world right so even if he saves abby right and even if they go to abby's place for cover right like to to, to run away from the whore because it was the best option at the time when they got to that house they were relaxed they were comfortable joel was not on guard i think that it's I, I think it's just a product of living in Jordan for the last four years and having a whole lot of people he can count on and just I mean he loosened up. I present the same the same exact argument. The last four years does not erase the previous twenty. <laughs> I don't know, but people can change, and I just think people he can't just change. let his guard down. I think you know he just I, I, gotten used to people being decent to him and good. Possibly, but I I just don't think. Four years will change will change that much because that's how he survived like he's a survivor he he knows how to navigate other people so in the town he could be one way but dealing with people who aren't in the town like he should have been on guard yeah he, yeah, he him and tommy should've. he definitely should both him and tommy are away. okay think about they got when you soft go to, in their old age man think about when you go to the power plant in the first game what happened when you try to get in the gates? They had guns in your face. Yep. They had guns in your face because they don't trust people from the outside. So why were they so relaxed in the house? Because Tommy was just kind of like leaning on the deck, like leaning on like the bar. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, this is my brother. This is Joel. And Joel was like dead in the center of him. He didn't have his back to a wall or anything like that. He was not defensive at all. It, does, it doesn't seem like it, it seemed out of character. 
That's my gripe with how Joel died. The fact that he died doesn't upset me that much in the end. Even though I would have loved to see how his relationship with Ellie evolved over the last four years. Now, they might have flashbacks or something like that later in the game. You know, maybe they'll do a DLC where they have flashbacks with Joel in it. That'd be cool. But right now, we don't we don't know anything about Joel and Ellie's relationship for the past four years. All we know is when this game started, Joel and Ellie were distant. Four years passed. Joel did something the night before to piss Ellie off, and uh, they kind of got into a little bit of a tiff. And now Joel's dead. They didn't even speak words to each other after the after the prologue. There were no words spoken from Joel to Ellie. Ellie I, said something to Joel, get up, and then he died. <laughs> you know? I, I wonder if we'll see flashback scenes, like, throughout the rest of the game. I'm still real early on, you know? So yeah. there's a lot of time to see that, or maybe stories being told. Um, I've already had a couple times where Ellie's told... Dina stories about what happened in the first Joel, yeah. game and stories about right. what Jill told her. And it's kind of neat. You know, they're doing that whole cool dialogue while you walk through and search for stuff thing. Right. Yeah. I call it feller dialogue. I mean, it's not like junk dialogue, but like you, you haven't played God of War yet. Have you? I'm only like, like two hours in. There's a lot of it in God of War, and it's awesome too. It's really good. It's really good. How dialogue. many times is it, boy, boy, boy? Oh, I mean, that's just that's just how he calls the boy's name, like <laughs> boy. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So Joel is dead, and I think that's where we're gonna leave this episode off. We're gonna pick up the next episode right after this, uh, and then also head into Seattle. With the next episode, which is a cool, so, which is a cool thing, I'm gonna love to talk about that. I'm gonna love to talk about that. But if we're heading out, Abby, I'm coming for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we love to hear what you have to think. What do you think about this first part of The Last of Us? Um, you can let us know in the Discord because we do have Discord channels for the discussion. If it's gonna be spoilers, like if you're gonna bring up something later, please make sure you put it into the spoiler channel uh but yeah feel free to come into discord mash.gg slash discord you can also reach out to us via email which is contact at mash.gg uh you can reach out to us on social media which is twitter.com slash the mash network actually bob you want to give them your social media yeah you can find me on twitter at blazing underscore bob that's b-l-a-z-z-i-n underscore b-o-b yeah you can find me on twitter at josh um and actually one thing i did want to say uh, before we go is that I just really do appreciate everybody who's reached out and, uh, you know, told me how much they they enjoyed the show. Uh, there was somebody, I, I I would have to go back and read the review. Somebody did leave us an iTunes review that I thought was actually pretty funny. Uh, hopefully he listens to this because I think he thought that it was only for the last of us one, but no, it's definitely for the last of us two as well. So, uh, thanks a lot, but thank you everybody for your kind words and reaching out. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Uh, 
And uh, yeah, like I said, we we do want to hear from you. We want to hear your thoughts. So definitely reach out to us. We do appreciate it. Uh, If you want to help us out, you enjoy the show. The best way to do that to help us out would be to share the show with others and to rate and review the show on your podcast platform of choice. And if you want to take your support a bit further, if you enjoy content like this, because this is a limited series, most of our podcasts are ongoing series. But if you enjoy content like this and you want to support us a bit further, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash mash those buttons and you can help support for as little as $1 a month. And you can also gain early access to content and exclusive content as well. Uh, you can also support us by dropping us a Twitch sub on our channel, which is twitch.tv slash Mashles Buttons. Or if you just want to see when we go live, just go ahead and uh, follow over there. We would appreciate that. And uh, yeah, we are done for this episode. We are survivors. Um, not sure exactly what the release format is going to be, but we are definitely releasing at least one show per week. We may release two in, in cases where we have to do a part one and part two for each chapter. All right. So. Uh, Yeah, we're going to do that. And thanks for listening. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at Twitter.com slash The Mash Network, Facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord.